0: Today, very special episode of Coffee and Shell. Myself and Tyler joined by NHL insider Chris Johnson from TSN and host of the Chris Johnson Show. Thank you for taking the time to talk uh, talk hockey today.
1: It's a great thing to be here, right? First day of school for those <laughs> still going to school, and for me, it feels <laughs> a little bit like back to work. I, I got to be honest, I always. Right when you get to this side of Labor Day, it, it starts to get real again that we're going to have a season, we're going to have training camps, and obviously a lot of storylines and, and news to, to follow as well.
0: It's funny, that, that always seems to be like the day. Like the, right after Labor Day, you see like the kids going back to school, and it's like, that means hockey time is about to ramp up. So, um, uh, always uh, always kind of signifies the start of the season. So, uh, we're, we love to talk about, uh, about your career being an NHL insider. So, uh, Stewie, why don't, why don't you take it away and uh, let's, let's learn a little bit.
2: Yeah, obviously, you know, me and you are buddies, and we 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 go back a few years now, and we, we obviously I shoot you a lot of texts, you know, just trying to get the the scoops. But uh, <laughs> you know, I I always wonder, like, so did, when you like were coming up, like when you were a kid, did you like play hockey, like, or were you just always just like a big hockey fan, like, like how did that all start, like your like your love for hockey, I guess. Yeah, I
1: was hockey obsessed as a kid, and. You know, I'm I'm older than you two, so you know I, I essentially grew up in an era kind of before the internet, yeah. and so the reason I say that being relevant is I was basically in the street all the time as a kid playing hockey, road hockey with my buddies. We we put rollerblades on. I played organized hockey in the little town where I grew up, and and you know I I couldn't always stay up late enough, at least in my early days, to watch NHL games. But I was I became quickly obsessed with the NHL. I collected trading cards as a kid. I, I was one of those kids that memorized all the stats for some reason. Um, I remember being out with, like, my dad and his buddies, and I was almost like a, a, a parlor trick for them. You know, how many goals did Cam Neely score last year or whatever? And I just, for some reason at that time, all that stuck with me. So, you know, I didn't necessarily, I probably didn't know what an NHL insider was for until I was 20 years old. I don't know. Okay. But I, I wasn't necessarily planning to do this exact career, but certainly from a very young age, Hockey was was all that I thought about. It was my passion. And, um, you know, i from from, you know, really young. I actually wanted to be a hockey journalist, a writer. I, 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 you know, we had the newspaper at my kitchen table and all these things. If we have a young audience here, like, what the hell is a newspaper? But We used to have a physical thing that, that when I ate my breakfast in the morning, I'd you know, I'd look at the standings and read the stories. And, you know, I, I thought that I w- that would be a cool job. And I, I chased it and chased it and chased it. And somehow it became reality
0: let me let me ask you this so if someone's trying because it's such a it's such a crazy job and there's so few there's so few NHL insiders it's very difficult to you know become an insider of any sport really um simply because of the the nature of the game but if you were to like go back and you had to tell someone but these are the steps that'll give you the best shot like is it just about all about networking is it all about like just a you know building up a rolodex like getting sources like how does how would you go about that if you were to start all over again
1: uh, I mean, I I wish there was like a one, two, three, four, five <laughs> list to follow. I think, you know, I imagine if like we went through Elliot Friedman's career, or Pierre LeBrun, or Darren Dreger, or anyone else. You know, Emily Kaplan, you know, Frank Cervalli, yeah. Like like everyone's probably found it their own way, but certainly networking is is it's where it all starts, right? And I would say if I was giving advice to younger me. It would be a be a little bit more patient, uh, which is really hard to do when you're when you're young in an industry, when you're trying to prove yourself like I, I remember all that time really well. And it felt like it was never going to come. But when I look back now, without naming any names, like it's crazy how many people, whether they're influential agents or people that have pretty high profile jobs in front offices that I met when I was young, and they were kind of young, like the same age, say, and, and you know, sometimes having a few of those connections um, is important, but, you know, I'm not just getting information for people my own age. I mean, there's still uh, much older agents or general managers that you have to communicate with, sometimes much younger players nowadays, too, because I'm younger than the guys in the league themselves. And so, you know, I think it does start with your network and, and you know, there's probably lots of different ways to do it. I'm actually a bit shy, if I'm being honest, sometimes. I certainly was when I was younger. I, I You, know, you kind of get over that as, as you progress through life a little bit, but... <laughs> You know, it didn't maybe come always to me naturally. I think when I know you, I, I'm comfortable opening up, but sometimes, um, you know, I maybe wasn't as upfront as I should have been in, say, getting a number or, or initiating those relationships. But I think that's a big one. And then you have to somehow keep a job, right? I mean, some of it is just like durability. Can you hang around long enough? Because it's, it's, I don't mean to make light of that because so many of my colleagues over the years, unfortunately, have had to deal with job losses. But, you know, the media industry is quite turbulent. And you know, some product of it is just stamina. And if you can, you know, stay in the game long enough to have your connections, um, you know, bear fruit. And then, you know, I think everyone has their own style. But you also can't really be a jerk. I think ultimately, I mean, you try to be as fair to people as you can. If you have an explosive story, generally, you're trying to, you know, let someone know if it's going to really impact them. Like, that's not always possible. Like every situation is maybe a little bit unique. But you know, I think you try to. to you know, I grew up in a small town that's sort of, you're kind of aware of, of you know, hockey a small town at the end of the day. I mean, we're stretched out across the world, even in, in just the NHL specifically, we're stretched out across North America, but I think anyone who's been around the industry for long enough, we all kind of seem to know each other a little bit. And, and, you know, that, that pays off too, when it comes to getting information.
2: I always wondered, and this is, this might be a dumb question, but I always wondered the differences. Like, I always feel like it's like a, like a race on who can break something first between all you guys or like, who's trying to it was there ever a point like and i don't think it is now i, I asked elliot this when i was a national too and he's like no 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 that's never true but was there ever a point where it's like if you broke a story first you got like a i, I mean you don't have to tell like money wise but like did you get like a bonus or did
0: was there any kind of like, like accolades yeah like, accolades. You're like, you're like how does that work like, yeah oh
2: you're first you know what i mean but was there anything ever you know monetary where they're like we're made you know like you chase the carrot almost more you know what i'm saying
1: Yeah, nothing that I've ever experienced or that I've even heard of from anyone else, specifically financial. I think, though, when you look at if if you're the first on news or if you're consistently right about things, that's how you build a social media following. And that's that's part of this, too. And and obviously, that's evolving and changing. I don't know if we're all going to be living on X for a long time or I I don't know how these things are going to go. I I don't even say that politically or anything. I just I'm not sure. It seems like there's all these competing social networks. But you know, I think that that certainly in Twitter's early days, for those of us that were there right from the start, and I was pretty close to the start, you know, that there was a chance if you were the first on news or, or you proved to be reliable with information, that that was one way to get more followers than maybe some other people. And, and in a roundabout way, I think the number of followers probably doesn't exactly equal your paycheck, but it does, it, it affords you opportunities, right, because we're really measuring reach. Uh, with something like that and so that that's probably the yeah. closest i could say to it but it's never been like in any of my contracts yeah if you if you break to the <laughs> signing or <this> many <laughs> things, you get a bonus i mean yeah you know honestly i, I it's kind of evolved over the years too because so up, like news moves so quickly now right. don't get me wrong every day of the week if you ask me i would love to be first on on the big story of the day i'm not, yeah. I'm not diminishing that 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 sort of competitive juices there but i do think over time it's become a little less important because sometimes it's about you know who understands why things happen sometimes it's you know what you know about the situation not just getting the actual first one to to put it out so you know it it, it definitely matters and i do think it helps you get a following you know there's a reason why elliot has whatever many hundreds of thousands of followers (laughs) he has um but you know as far as i know i don't think anyone's ever gotten that specific of a a bonus it's not like it's not like your rookie contract.
2: <laughs> I just thought it was, I don't know. I just thought it was like, I always just, I was like, man, so it seems so like competitive. And I know like you've been doing it forever. So it's like maybe like some of like the, the small, and I won't name names, honestly, but like some of the smaller guys, it's like, like you said, I mean, I've seen a few times scoop. where they're, they're they're trading guys that aren't even traded. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, like you know what I mean? And the poor guy's probably like, Answering fifty thousand text messages and they're like, oh, I didn't get traded. (laughs) Do
0: you, uh, do you think that just in, you know, you you mentioned that you've been, you know, you've been wanting to do this since you were a kid and like the, I remember back like just turning on like Sports Center and like that's how you get the news and now because like we're in the information era where it's just like everything is instant, it means I think it alludes a little bit to what you were saying where you know the the insider being a little bit more open to or being able to deliver context and like what this means and things like that. Do you think that it matters less about because The second someone tweets it, right, everyone knows because then everyone else is just like, you know, per whatever, here is, you know, what's happening. Whereas, you know, 15 years ago, it was whatever network. Like, do you think it mattered more being first then than it does now Um, in terms of, like, being the absolute first to break a trade or a signing?
1: 100%. I mean, if we go back 20 years ago, you might have seen, again, when that newspaper got delivered to someone's door – one paper in a town might have had a story on their team that the other papers didn't have. And the other papers had to wait a day, essentially, yeah, to, to, to sort again. of, like, follow up or match it. Then it moves to the network thing you're talking about maybe more 15 years ago. You know, in Canada, specifically, I can speak to you at Sportsnet and TSN that were competing. And, and you know, you might get a 20-minute head start because they might not have a program on live. And honestly, now it's seconds. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the thing. As I say, I'm not saying this to say I've given up. I don't want. If I could choose, I would want to be first every single time. Like I I have to be clear with that. But I do think it is a little less important because there's there's other aspects to things. Um, You know, it's it's really important. I think on a day like trade deadline day, still, Mm -hmm. or or you know, because there's so much focus in that in that window, and everyone's talking to each other, and it's just Uh, chaos—the beautiful kind of chaos, but Mm -hmm. it's chaos. Um, You know, but I just think generally speaking, it's probably not as important, but it's, it still matters. And, and, you know, I think if you're in that, you know, I, I could tell you there's nothing worse than the feeling when you know something, but maybe you need one final sort of, right. yes, you're right. Just uh-huh. because you're and you're just refreshing your phone. Cause you know, like I, I never, I'm never sort of arrogant enough to think if I know it, no one else would know it. Do you know what I mean? Like you, yeah, oh, yeah. I assume that there's like four or 500 people out there doing the same thing and you just refresh your phone and and it has happened so many times at like 7 p.m. I'm in my living room and whoever gets it first Pierre whatever someone puts it out you're like damn because you know you can't always just you can't be firing every little thing you hear I mean um I try really hard not to have a batting average you know I want I want (laughs) to be batting a thousand it's not to say I've never made a mistake of course I have but I, I really try to be a little maybe more conservative than some others I think you know, I've thought a lot about this. Like, but it's funny we come at we're talking at the end of the summer because the summer is the only time really when the, the season slows down enough, or the news flow slows down enough where you can think about things. You know, like so often, you know, once it gets to mid October, it's just like all of a sudden it's June. I mean, it's just a you're on the hamster wheel, and you don't really have a lot of time to reflect. But I'm like, should I do things differently this or that? I think ultimately you just have to do what you think is comfortable. And so, so often I know something's about to happen, but I don't have maybe that last final thumbs up from someone involved and then you, you see it go out there first and that's that that as much as I say it doesn't matter it matters in those moments you're like
2: damn it I, I let that one go I remember last year when I was texting you before the Johnny Gaudreau thing it was like probably an hour and a half two hours before it actually happened and I'm like where do you think he's going and you're like you just kept sending me the the, the Columbus cannon going off <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I was like and I could tell like you were you like you probably like kn- you knew but it's kind of like what you were saying like maybe you didn't have like everything where you're like Fully comfortable, firing it out there. I, I don't even remember who broke it, but you know what I'm saying. It's just I just well, remember that.
1: And and but here's the thing: is we know or you know yeah. that that's what's in the works. But especially something like that, like maybe at the end when they get down and the contract doesn't work or right. someone comes in last minute. I mean, you're, you're trying to report on what's that, that's through the balances, right? Because right. I do think also like when I have my podcast or certainly when we get close to the deadline, we're trying to we're trying to both tell you what's going to happen, what what you know where where things are headed, what direction mm-hmm. they're going in. And then, but then, of course, we're trying to finalize the story and say, OK, he signed in Columbus and this was the terms and this is why he went there and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, th- and that was a surprise that day, if you remember. I mean, we, we got to that pre-agency day and I don't think a lot of people would have thought that morning he was going to sign in Columbus. There's always right. talk about Philadelphia or New Jersey or other yes. places closer to where he grew up. And um, yeah, I don't think I nailed that down first, but certainly it was in the air before it was on TV or on, on my does, Twitter feed.
2: Does it like offend? Like cause you always joke with me too. Cause like, I like jokingly did like the Kevin Hayes one, like to the blues. And, Cause one of my buddies had like, golf with them and like, and then you always will teach me like insider with the R's. Like it's the ongoing joke, right? Cause you have those like random Twitter accounts. I think there's like the hockey insider with the R's there's like the NHL rumor daily guy. Like they all have all these sources, but it's, does that like a like, does that ever offend you guys like the big dogs like you guys because it's like you went to like school for this and you know obviously like you said you, you never like I'm gonna be an insider but you know you you went to school for everything you like paid your dues almost does it ever like annoy you like when these random people try to like I don't know like slight you or they try to come out you know you know what I'm saying kind of like on Twitter like you just see these like I don't know Twitter such like a mob <laughs> <successful>, <laughs> yes, so it's yes. like I, you know what I mean I, I just always wonder if that like annoys you I guess because it's you know what I mean
1: No, it doesn't. Honestly, I think it's cool, like, because as I was saying to the first question from Cam there, like, I can't tell someone how to, someone who's much younger, I can't really tell you how to become this job because I do think it's moving so quickly, and so it would make sense to me that someone younger is going to come at it in a totally different way, and so I I respect everyone to that degree. The only thing I'll tell you that that annoys me, and it happened, I wish I could remember the story, but Someone was tweeting, like, Chris Johnson is reporting this guy's going somewhere, or like, just something I never said. And, right. and that. And
0: that it kind caught traction?
1: Pissing, it got huge traction. Oh, and wow. I did something I never do.
0: You applied. I, like, I called them out. <laughs> oh, no, you I'm, can't. <laughs> I,
1: like, I like retweeted and just said, like, this is a fabrication or something like that. And that, unfortunately, like, that's a double edged sword because that gave it a lot more traction. Oh, too, yeah. Like, everyone's like, oh, what is this? But, like, on whatever day, whatever that was, I remember I was going to a friend's party like a birthday party. And I just, I probably was stressed. I don't know what was going on, but I just like, I I was like my breaking point. I'm like, look, I got a hard enough time with (laughs) dealing with certain people in the league. And like, if you're just making shit up that I didn't even say, and then they're going to read that and they might text me and be like, what is this? And you know, sometimes like, that's the crazy thing about the world we live in. I think they might've said, I said it on my podcast. And it's like, I recognize like not a lot of people listen to the podcast, right? Like they might, they might just say, you know, the, Fried said this on Thirty Two Thoughts. I don't listen to Thirty Two Thoughts. I just they just trust that it's true. And anyway, Something's I don't know what tough. that person was trying to do. Anyway, I shouldn't have had a thin skin about that, but I did. That's one that's like recently in my mind. I think that was in like June or something. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing. Like if you just make up that I said something, that 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 pisses me off. But if you're trying to take my dinner, like if you if you wanna. If you want to compete, like I mean, I think that's great, and I would, you know, I encourage anyone to get into it. I mean, this this beat's working for a living. I will not deny that. <laughs> it's it's it, Like any job, it's not going to be good every day, and sometimes you think you're crappy at it, and sometimes you're probably riding a little too high. But it's so much fun, and somehow I'm, you know, here kind of in the middle of my working life, and I haven't had to, I haven't had a job since high school, man. That's the <laughs> last time I had a real job, and so that's. Uh, I think other people should do it. I want to be optimistic, even in this sort of strange media universe we occupy so i would encourage anyone to get out there and try to
2: try to beat us on your scoop well, well you're smart you started a podcast like that's everyone
0: it else? That's <laughs> it the uh la- last question last question i had about about uh you know your role now is because a lot of people i don't think realize this when you you mentioned it in the summertime is like the only time where things just kind of calm down for you but w- trade deadline day fun for fans do you enjoy that, or do all the insiders like, oh my goodness, because you know it's like not sleeping, or is that just how it is from the start of the year up till basically the, I mean, I guess it probably slows down after the deadline? I don't know. What's that like? So the
1: deadline day itself is great.
0: Like, it, it is, is good. Fun. Okay. Yeah,
1: I mean, and we come to the studio, right, and everybody's in, and they got like these box lunches, and like, I don't know, <laughs> it's, it's just, it sounds weird, but it's so unique. Like, it's not like it's a, it's it's a day unlike all the other days of, of our jobs, and you also <laughs> wake up that morning and you're like, hey, at five o'clock or six o'clock tonight, when the you know the deadline's passed, we do our post hits. Like this is over now for for another year. Yeah, it's, it's the hard time. Honestly, is like the seven weeks or whatever leading up to the deadline, where you're continually talking about the same group of players that are mm. likely going to be traded, and you got to kind of react to a lot of the other rumors. Like it. it it gets a little bit, like, that's where it can be difficult, I find, because it can be hard to, it's hard to advance those stories, right? I mean, by the time we get to January 1st, we have a good idea of which teams are probably not going to be in the mix for the playoffs, and so they're going to be looking to get rid of this player or that player. Like, we, we, as we go along, we get pretty good at basically giving you the 50-odd players that are in the pool of those that could be moved. And, you know, but then we're just talking about the same people again again, again again. I can only imagine what it's like for those players and their families. I mean, I don't mean to say that, feel bad for me in that, that process because for them, there's some real-world consequences for them. But I find that period sometimes the weeks, like several weeks out, from before the trades start can be hard. This year was awesome, though. Like this year we had so many big moves for like two or three weeks leading into the deadline. So I, th- like this for this past season, rather, that, that will be the one I'll say. February 2023 was lit. And <laughs> I'm, not I'm not complaining about those weeks leading into the deadline because we had actual movement. But some years it's just a lot of talk. And then yeah. all the trades happened in the last three days. And, and that can be a bit tenuous. But the day itself, honestly, it's like it's sort of like Christmas. It's weird. It's hard to explain. It's just like this day you don't normally get. And then I do know the next morning, like, okay, things are quiet now for a little while. Last year I went away for a few days almost immediately after trade deadline, uh, which isn't something, obviously, I typically do during the season. But, like, that's the one window if you're going to get – put your feet up that's the time do,
0: to do it do you uh so you mentioned that you go into the studio so is it because i i think that myself and a lot of people like that are fans would, would think that you guys are always competing but so is the deadline kind of something like where everyone in the studio anyone that works for you know tsn and Sportsnet, all, all the other uh, all the other uh studios do you just go in and like everyone's kind of working together is that is that kind of like the vibe or the feel when it comes to trade deadline
1: for sure but i'll say this like we, we basically have an insider desk at, at TSN, where yep. I've been working now. And so really, it's like me, Pierre LeBron, Darren Dreger, and Bob McKenzie always does comes oh, out of retirement. Man. I love him. And then he tells us, he sits with us and tells us, like, I don't, I'm i not talking to anyone anymore. I'm the outsider <laughs> now. Like he, he likes playing that up. He, and he always still gets a story or two, of course, but he doesn't, you know. But So we're specifically focused on the news. And then, you know, we have our main panel over the years it's been like Ray Ferraro and, and Mike Johnson or, or James Duffy. I mean Love and that. they kinda of have to keep the day moving because it's not trades all the time, right? And so I would say it's more our our sort of small group of insider panel or whatever they label us that we're really focused on what's happening. Of course, you know, other people in the studio, you know, might have some ins with certain teams and be giving us, you know, little tips to, to start chasing around. But it's really our kind of our group that we, we go beast mode that way. And you know, it's funny, I worked at sports prior to T S N and what we actually did at Sportsnet is they would put us all in a hotel downtown, basically beside the studio. So it almost like a two day thing. Like, we'd get get together like the night before sometimes talk about elements of the show. Like sometimes it's almost like an official meeting. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was more unofficial. We just have dinner together and we're sharing info and we all sleep in this hotel for like three hours. And then like literally you're at the studio at 5am getting makeup on or whatever. Um, I don't know if they still do that. Cause (laughs) that is, it was that was kind of unique too like it was it made it almost more intense um but yeah everyone's kind of pulling on the same rope and as i say like there's like an energy in the air cuz you know when i go in on it say a tuesday in november we're doing insider trading like you might have four or five people at most sort of you know not on camera and then we got the three or four panelists or whatever like it's it's pretty quiet you go in that day there's like 50 people in this room like it's it's just like there's an energy and a buzz and and as I say, the best part about it is when you wake up on deadline day, you know it's going to be over before you go to bed.
0: <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> All right, let's uh, um, let's do some rapid fire. All right, don't have to go in deep. We're gonna ask you just some storylines. Me and me and uh, Stewie will switch back and forth. Um, I live in Southern Ontario. I have my dad, and I grew up a Leafs Leafs fan. I'm a Sharks fan now, but like the (laughs) Leafs, I understand how big they are, and obviously Austin Matthews um, getting his extension was massive, and now it kind of turns to Nylander. I'm curious. Way too early prediction. Mitch Marner's number. Oh, way too early. (laughs) way too early what do you
2: think it's gonna be
1: 12 million okay how many years i don't know where he's signing that's i mean and i'm not saying it's not toronto yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. uh but let's assume it's toronto i don't know maybe he does 12 and a half times eight
0: okay i was gonna say is he the one that gets the eight is he the one that gets the eight okay well i I mean
1: he's from here why not
0: yep exactly yeah, way too um, early though. I got way, yeah, way, way too early. Yeah, way too early. Way too
1: early. Like that's not information. That is a blind guess of, the start of <laughs> yep. September.
2: Um obviously one of the big questions going into the season you're going to probably have to talk about like what you're talking about. Oh, we're going to have to talk about the same guy over and over again. Patrick Kane. Um what what do you what are some of the teams that you think that he might end up going to? I mean, obviously, I saw that one report out the other day about Detroit possibly because of DeBrincat and all that stuff. But do you think he like is going to go for the Cup again, or do you think he's just looking for maybe Buffalo. the best option, like on a one year deal? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Buffalo would be cool. Obviously, he's from there. You know, I don't know, but I
1: I think he's open. Like, I don't think he's of a mind. It has to be a one year deal. It has to be a team that can win next season. Like, I think he's curious to see. What the teams come forward with right and, and so maybe there's a world where it's a team that we won't view as an immediate cup contender this season but maybe they're going to give him a three-year contract or something that that is appealing to him and it's a city you'd like to live in i mean i think that that would make some sense um but similarly the the, the flip side of that coin is okay maybe it's a team that is one piece away from a stanley cup and he he believes in them and so i think what's been interesting about how he handled this whole negotiation is right from the beginning after he got the, the hip procedure done in june he was like i'm not signing july 1st you know he wanted to see how the summer played out he wanted to see where the teams were at and he wanted to to leave his doors and options open and and so i don't get the sense today that he's decided it has to be any one place or any one thing i think that you know the beauty when you're in his position obviously you know his his stats speak for themselves his three cups speak for themselves you know the 100 plus million that he's earned as an nhl like he can he's the rare player I mean, what does he need? Right. It's, 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 it can be, I think he can do a lot of different things. He's, you know, we're, I, but nothing will beat another cup. Right. And so I think ultimately I'd be surprised if he signed somewhere that, that we're not looking at as a team that could win a cup during the length of that contract. I think ultimately, you know, he was a lot of years out of the playoffs in Chicago uh, before the trade to the Rangers last year at the deadline. And so, you know, I, I think that it's going to be a team that that's on the cusp of taking that step, at least in the next year or two or three.
2: Yeah, it never looked like he fit in Rangers. I don't know why. It just it, it, they they seem like they tried to force everything when they were playing with him and Panarin. Like it just it never clicked. Like terrasenko there and
0: Too the much of here. the same
2: thing, maybe, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know.
0: Hockey's it's the one nothing... where chemistry is so important, yeah. where it's very difficult to do a lot of t- turnover mid season. Yeah, and play, yeah.
1: he was playing playing on a bum hip. Oh, right? that I mean, too. at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he wasn't healthy. And I think that that's that's what's interesting about now too, is that it all of what I've heard and seen, you know, since he got that procedure done, is that a he's ahead of schedule, and b that that this is going to you know work for him. Let's let's hope, you know, hip surgeries are very tough on on any athlete, but especially a hockey player with the movement required. So you know, let's hopefully get back to seeing uh, him him have a little bit of showtime in the later stage of his career here.
0: The uh, all right, as a Sharks fan, uh, it's going to be rough for a while. I got to go through twenty years of them, like you know, kind of dominating the Western Conference, no Cup, obviously. How many years before they, you think they get back in the playoffs? Ooh, I'm, I'm ready for pain. It's been, it, I I'm setting the over pain.
1: under at three and a half and I'm taking oh. the over.
0: I kind of <laughs> hope for three, but I feel the same. So I was thinking I mean, like
1: four to five is somewhere in the range. <laughs> I mean, the, the trouble there and it's, you know, it's obviously not Mike Greer's fault or any of the new front office. I mean, and I understand why Doug Wilson did what he did, but they just signed so many players long-term. They're still kind of pulling it apart. Right. I mean, it wasn't one of those simpler rebuilds where they just you just trade the veteran players. In this case, all the veteran players came with just massive cap numbers and long terms on their deals. And that's, you know, that those were all earned contracts, right? Those guys delivered a lot of success for the Sharks and really, you know, probably one of the, the hardest luck organizations I I think in my time covering the league because if we had gone back 15 years, I would have said, for sure, that group's winning a cup. <laughs> and they they got close. They got to the one final. Obviously, we're in the Western Conference Finals a whole bunch, too. Uh, didn't quite get the job done. But, you know, I I get why they gave out the contracts. But it's just it's so hard in a cap world to rebuild when, you, when the, you have those players.
0: The, the follow-up to that is... Um... One, were you surprised that th- they were able to move Carlson at only $1.5 retained? And secondly, do you think that he is enough to get the Penguins back in the playoffs?
1: I think he's enough to get them back in the playoffs. I- I'm not totally convinced that he's enough to really make them, put will put them in contender status mm-hmm. again. And that's obviously what they're aiming for. I still like the move, though. I mean, if, if you're the Penguins... I'm not sure what you could do, right? I mean, I don't know that they could have made any series of moves that are realistic that I would think, okay, they're now a top tier team again, uh, just because of the age of their main players and, and some of the other things that are going on and just how hard it is to make trades. And yeah, I was stunned that San Jose was able to move Carlson and only retain that little money. I think that they absolutely could have got a better return had they been willing to eat more money. Uh, but that's really easy for me to to say from my living room, <laughs> and, and not having to be the GM that calls up the owner and says, "Hey, will you are you going to pay an extra ten million dollars so we get more draft picks here?" I mean, I could understand or twenty million or whatever you know the total number might have been. So yeah, I was surprised by that. I think it hurt the return, you know, in a weird way. I almost wanted to see them be willing to eat half because I think it, you would have had a legit bidding war, especially if they had done that during the season last year. I think you could have you could have really created an interesting market if you were willing to trade him somewhere, you know, six, seven million. Um but I mean I also get there's there's a financial reality here and and I think all things considered it, it kind of works out well for everyone involved. It was a really creative trade with all the money yes. that got shipped around and and you know the Sharks got some more players I think they can flip again before this deadline or the next one.
2: Yeah. Um this one's I just I love Olympic hockey. So when do you think we see the next best on best? Like, I know a lot of the rumors about the World Cup have been, like, swirling around, but is that the next thing you think, or do you think they do it the next Olympics?
1: Ah, uh, this one hurts me.
2: I know. Because I hate it. Because I
1: love international hockey. I didn't have, any hockey. Gray in, didn't have any gray in this beard the last time that, that they, they played best on best, and I was at the tournaments in, in Sochi in 2014 and the World Cup in Toronto in 2016. I, I think they have no choice, So Honestly, I mean, it's such a big issue for the players, as it should be. Yeah. I mean, we have, we're at such a great time in the game, honestly. It's, it's so cool to to see how many interesting players, different kind of skill sets have come into the league in the last five, six, seven years. And those guys want to play for their national teams. And so I, I think that it's it's clear it's, it's a huge issue for Marty Walsh, who's just taken over the NHLPA here in recent months. I think the NHL has heard that. Um, you know, there was a chance that we're going to go to Beijing in 2022 and Oh, that got wiped out. But I, I think they'll be at 2026 uh, in Italy. I'd be surprised if, if they, they didn't do that. And, and of course, they're going to have to resuscitate and actually build a tournament that is their own that isn't at the Olympics. And it, It'd be great if it's every two years. I think the, the yeah. beauty about that is you get continuity, right? I mean, one yeah. year a team will disappoint or, or a surprise yeah. or whatever, and then two years later they got to try to, you know, follow that up in some way, either with a better performance or what have you. We we could all sit here and like fill endless hours debating the picks, you know, who, who, (laughs) it's going to be a great time for you
0: guys.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, it's, I don't see a negative to it. I mean, I understand some of the owners don't like their their season being shut down. They think it disrupts their business, but I think it builds the sport globally. Right. And at the end of the day, hockey doesn't, won't continue to be the great sport that it is today. If we don't have people all around the world choosing to play it as kids. Right. Uh, I mean, who would have thought Austin Matthews, someone like him, would exist, right? And yeah. Certainly 30 years ago, this idea of a kid that grew up in the desert who who didn't have any direct tie to hockey but just decided, you know, put on skates <laughs> and play the game and fell in love with it, and now you get one of the better players in the league. I mean, I think that's what we, we want. We're competing for the best athletes uh, at a young age. And so I think that the, the sport, I get that an individual NHL owner in a city might not see the big picture, but for those of us commenting on it and looking at it, I mean – to not be in the Olympics, I think it's criminal, and so I'd be surprised if they if they missed another Winter Olympics. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen ten or twenty years from now, but I, I think that there's too much pressure not for them to be in 2026 in Italy.
2: Yeah, well, the, the TJ Oshie stuff that was that yes, was like phenomenon here, and they, the, I know in America because you know hockey's like king up there, but bars here, you know, my buddies that didn't even watch hockey, they were just glued to the TV because it was a St. Louis guy and he's scoring goal after goal up and you were there for it. So it, it was, it was unbelievable. And like it, without that, TJ Oshie was like a household name for a whole month in America. And without the Olympics, that never would have happened. And that's what bugs me so much about. And I get, like you said, the injuries and stuff. It's just so frustrating. because I, I, th-
0: I think that when it comes to international, like uh, compared to all the sports um that like professional sports in North America specifically that go to the Olympics, like basketball, it's just very one sided, like I think it's very interesting, but you know like the, the u s is it's just such an advantage over others, and Canada and the us are very close. but I think like the thing that is so good for hockey is that like regardless if you're a hockey fan, like every team is kind of close. And has a chance to win gold, and when and when when teams go on runs, it just makes like you know, like Dominic Kashuk and 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 Yager and everything like that. Like it, it just made so many huge storylines, and then it just comes back, and then you're into the NHL again. It's 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 so much different. Like soccer is huge as well, but like you have the World Cup, and it's it's the one sport I think team sport wise that's you know on the on the grand stage where it, I think it's necessary for the Olympics. Like it's so much different than all the other ones, and I agree. I really I really really hope uh, hope it comes back.
1: Let's put it this way: Sidney Crosby. Been one of the top NHL players and at the top for so many years. What is going to probably be remembered most from his career? And, oh, and I'm a yeah. Canadian, so maybe I'm viewing this through Canadian glasses. But I think the golden goal, when all is said and done, will be the singular most memorable moment that he produced in his career. And
0: yeah, you know, on like, Canada, sort of, like yeah, like it was just that, that's yeah, that was that's definitely going to be like I think his biggest.
1: And he won three Stanley Cups, on right? Cain. He's won absolutely every individual award and had monster seasons and all this and that, but you you can't create magic like that without an international stage. And look at, it's been a long time since the U S men have had that kind of success in a best on best, but look at this generation that's there for them. And, and I'm not, you know, this is a prediction, but there could be a chance for an Austin Matthews or a, you know, Matthew Kachuk or or someone to deliver a similar moment that, that gives them something that will be remembered so far beyond their careers. If they went and won the U.S. a gold medal at the Olympics. And so, I mean, come on, this, this league is mostly based in the U.S.? There's 25 teams mm-hmm. there, and and I think anything we can do to further grow the game, it's been great already. But I, I just come on, it's I, it's I, time. This is personal I, for me though. I I really
2: really 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 miss those tournaments. I, I hate uh, that team North America. It made yeah. us look so it made us look so bad. The team North America. <laughs> All so. of our studs were on North America. Eichel, Goudreau. like I tweeted so out. Players. I tweeted
0: out Team USA. That I think uh, I don't I remember. It was bleach Report. I think they did a you know what would a 2025 Team USA look like? And I tweeted out like. Is this not better than what Team Canada was send or like the best that US could have ever sent like it was their roster now is 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 wild and I agree I hope I hope they bring it back uh, it's just uh, it's such a it's such a good tournament um who's playing goal for
2: Canada if we have back yeah. tomorrow Well Binner Binner was going to be it before everything went to the hit the fan like, car but like was-
0: Carter Hart I mean it's it's it, like
2: if Armstrong's the manager and Binner has a good year in the next few years I bet you he picks better.
0: It's like, I mean, that's where I think U.S. has such a, like, their defense and their, you know, obviously. Oh, they've got can, can, Yeah, like it's. Are like, we
1: going to have Steely as like, the emergency goals?
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, we, we're, real quick. You brought up Matthews with Arizona, and obviously he's a Coyotes fan growing up. Where, where do you think that goes? And I, I love, my brother went to college on Arizona, played out there. Not for Arizona State, but he played out there. <laughs> and uh, it's just such a cool, it's a huge city. The the rink's in a terrible spot. You've been there, I'm sure, plenty of times in Glendale, like where it was. Yeah, it's just like so frustrating because I see what happens in Vegas. In Vegas, I know it's like a unicorn. It's Vegas, it's nuts, but man, man, it's such a. It, the players love living there. I know Clayton Keller from being here, and he loves it there. Like they gotta figure it out. I mean, I just I can't see them. I know the the commissioner will do everything he's possible to like fix it, but it's it's like what what's going on there? You think what what you know what I mean? Like what the arena like?
0: Will they like, stay? Yeah. yeah,
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's no secret. The league wants them to stay for all the reasons you're mentioning. Yeah. And I think it makes sense from how big the market is to the weather, the climate, just like we've seen so many places that, that it has everything but the arena, right? If you have the facility in the right place, it's it's a slam dunk. You know, you're going to get free agents there. You're going to get all, all kinds of guys, exactly, <laughs> that want to be there. I think it'll be a favorite place to go on a road trip if you're a fan of a team. Like, hey, we're, we're going to watch the guys play this year. I mean, and just go out there for a few days and hang out in Scottsdale and go to a game. I mean, that you could do worse than that in the league. So I, the, I but I do at the same time think that they're, this is the kind of final countdown, um, which is hard to say, right, because they've been through so many versions of this. But, you know, the Coyotes, you know, at a certain point, even their owner, Alex Morello, like he, he can't – he doesn't want to do business in the way he's doing it right now. I mean, he's trying to get an arena built and, and working with the various towns and townships and areas where he's he's looking at building teams. So – I think it's got to happen sooner or later, that being that they have a formal arena deal, that there's a plan to get shovels in the ground, and that they're not playing at ball arena for too long. I mean, I think it's fine for the the time being. I'm I'm of the opinion. I don't see why – I get why people sort of scoff at it because we don't see it in the other leagues all the time. But, you know, I remember when the Expos used to play series in Puerto Rico. I mean, there's lots of examples of teams, you know, even if anyone went to – I hope I'm not offending anyone, but like Islanders games at Nassau Coliseum, I mean, that was a different experience than most of the rest of the league. It was a small building, not a lot of amenities, this and that. I mean, I I think that is this is a fine short term solution if you get the long term solution. But I think they got to get it this year. I think it has to be locked in. And, and, you know, I I hope they keep the team there. Honestly, I've always loved going for games. And I'm not I'm not one of the Canadian media that are always kicking the coyotes every time there's bad news about their, their financial situation.
2: You think they expand to 34 eventually with Salt Lake and maybe Atlanta, Houston, like one of those three or two of those three, I mean.
1: I don't know what the cities will be, but they'll, they'll expand. Yeah. I mean, there's just, Crazy. there's look at it though. Seattle has been a home run it's from a business right. standpoint and they looked they had a great run last year in the playoffs. Their, their farm team went to game seven of the Calder Cup final too. So, I mean, there's, they're set up, I would think to, to keep being a great team. And then Vegas has been a screaming home run from every measure Oh. And and, five, and and wins a Stanley Cup. They had to wait six six long years for that. As a Sharks fan, bro. As a Sharks
0: fan, league. it's brutal, man.
2: Every sports league should be in Vegas. It's, it's it, I think like, they will be. I with mean, baseball, close. it's like you go out there for a three game stretch. I go watch the Cardinals for three days. You know, if I really wanted to, it's just.
0: But, no, I yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, that. you
1: have to go to St. Louis in the summer so you can cool down in Vegas.
0: <laughs> the, yeah, uh, that is true. We'll, we'll get you out of here on the last one. All right, this last one. So, this uh, off season was dominated by Connor Bedard and the hype for him. Um, give me his scoring output in Season 1 with the Blackhawks. Uh, see,
1: I don't want to be part of the hype train. But <laughs> That's fine.
0: Do you, have enough, do, just, you have a, do you have a potential other winner for the Calder? Because I kind of think it might be somebody else.
1: Well, there could be other winners, but I, it will not surprise me if he scores a point a game. Bernard.
0: Okay. That, I feel like that's a lot. Like, I feel like a lot of – I've seen a lot of things where it's like he scores 30 and maybe like 65 because the team around right. him isn't as, you know.
1: If you, if you pin me down, I'd probably say 70 games just because, you know, you, you can't necessarily count on anyone playing 82. Yeah. But it, it will not surprise me if he ends up at roughly a point a game right out of the gate. Uh, and I, I almost feel like I'm underselling him a bit. Um, it's so hard to know, but look at his numbers in junior. Like, it's it's absolutely oh, ridiculous big the OHL numbers guy, he put up. Big
0: wild. He eh, goes back him.
1: to... <laughs> but here's the thing, he goes back to like when he was 15 he first entered the league, and it was, it was a weird time because he entered during the COVID bubble and it wasn't the same yeah. league it is. But still, like, he, from the minute he was in that league, he produced goals and points like crazy. He goes to the World Juniors, produces goals and points like crazy. I mean, at a certain point, it's like... I, I don't know why we would expect anything different. I mean, I know the team isn't going to be great, but the flip side of that is, you know, he's going to get tons Opportunity. of minutes. He's going to be on their top power play. Yeah. You know, if, if he somehow got drafted to a, a really competitive team, he might have to earn those things, you know, that's the way true, coaches yeah. like to do. <laughs> I, I just I just think that I'd be surprised if he had if he had less than 70 points. That, that's So that, that's where I'll put it. But if he gets like 90, I'll be like, man, I should have just said 90 because that's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs>
2: All right, last one and then well, you, you got a big fantasy draft tonight. I do, Since obviously fan. we got like an NHL gaming kind of podcast, you know, NHL centric with, you know, Cam being the voice of the NHL Gaming World Championships, got to ask any background growing up and uh, maybe you somehow still play, any video games? Did you ever play any video games? Any hockey video games or anything? So you had to play a lot
1: Yeah, of but that. you will never even heard of this game.
2: <laughs> really? <laughs> Like you
1: my very my very first ever video game was Blades of Steel on the oh, original. Oh, heard of it? Yeah, yeah, I have I heard of it. It.
0: I mean, it might be my favorite. Oh,
1: steel! <laughs> like it, had like, it had like this old school like intro music. Dude, you played and going was... left
0: and right. Like it was, oh, yeah, it man. was nuts, man. That's no, that's that's, that's awesome. a classic. That's a classic.
1: You know, I got into the early NHL games like like I remember 94, 95. Yep. Um, but honestly i didn't i did was never a gamer sort of as an adult yeah so um i know it's huge but it's crazy
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know i don't know
1: where you guys all find the time that's that's the only thing i'm thinking i I do it
2: he just had a kid so now i have two kids and i'm like you're just gonna have to lose sleep you gotta do it at night time it's like my i tell him like it's like my hobby And and with the internet nowadays it's so hard to keep in touch with all my old teammates and And it's so easy now. You can just sit there and play whatever. I mean, during COVID, you saw it. It was huge. Like, it was, you know, the one way to do
0: anything
1: <laughs> you know what i mean it was, it was nuts but yeah maybe i should start though maybe i should start again because I, I would like yeah. it yeah
0: you could come just, you could come play some 3v3 with yeah, us Yeah, you can play with us you can yeah. play three on three <laughs> i would
2: be so bad though i'd be like hey like chris go back door i'll feed you
0: <laughs> all right man well uh we want to thank you for taking the time to come on and talk uh especially about your career we find that we always find that stuff so interesting so for everyone uh you already are following him but on x at reporter chris make sure you are if you are not and uh thanks again for hopping on with us chris
1: that was fun guys uh look forward to the season
0: absolutely